0: Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson.
1: You're going to get your financial house in order. We cannot live with this crippling debt. If they don't get their house in order, if we don't look at the trust funds that are going bankrupt, whether it be Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, Highway, all the ones, Alan earned tremendous problems right now. If yep. we can't come to grips of how we face the financial challenges this country has, then we're all going to be paying a price that we can't afford.
0: That was Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia yesterday telling uh, Fortune's Alan Murray at a CEO conference that lawmakers have got to get it together uh, and come together to deal with Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, And obviously, there's been a lot of chatter about all of those programs on the 2022 campaign trail. Uh, Democrats have accused Republicans of wanting to cut these benefits for good. Republicans accusing Democrats of using scare tactics. We hear that over and over and over again. And I'm going to warn you in this segment, if you are a Democrat, you just might be offended. And if you are a Republican, you will be offended. Uh, We will be equal opportunity offenders uh, in this uh, segment of the show today. And to help us be equal opportunity offenders, we're turning to Ben Ritz, who's the director of the Progressive Policy Institute Center for Funding America's Future and a great piece in Forbes that – has an appropriate title. Neither party has a good plan for Social Security and Medicare. Ben, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks
0: for having me. Uh, so so let's dive into this. Obviously, uh, everyone knows that uh, we like to talk about Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, the funding of all of that. First, just give us a real clear look. Where, where are we? What are the threats? What are the things we should be concerned about?
1: Sure. So Social Security and Medicare – uh, are the two largest programs in the federal budget, uh, at least in a in a normal year. Uh, the past couple of years, we've had additional pandemic spending, but overall, they're, they're the biggest categories of federal spending, and they are the foundation of American retirement security. Mm-hmm. These are the programs that uh, the, the vast majority of American workers are depending on to be their primary source of incoming retirement. So, arguably, two of the most important things our government does. But they are also facing uh, significant financial challenges because of the aging of our population. Uh, it used to be that you could have up to five workers paying for the uh, paying payroll taxes to fund the benefits of each retiree, and that's now changing uh, as our population ages. It's now closer to, to uh, two to one to three to one, and it's getting down to two to one. And so, as a result, the programs are now uh, collecting less revenue each year than they pay out in benefits. And if no changes are made in the near future, and the previously uh, accumulated surpluses uh, in the, the program's so-called trust funds run out, that's going to lead to an automatic benefit cut. And so we could see for Social Security um, by by 2034, we could see an automatic benefit cut of around 20 to 25 percent. And for Medicare, Medicare is a little more complicated in how it's financed, but Uh, Part A hospital benefits could see a cut of up to 10 percent within the next five years. So uh, it's a pretty important issue.
0: It it is. It's a crucial one, and it's uh, one that the politicians love to politicize and take it down that road as opposed to getting to some good solutions. And uh, this is where we'll begin the equal opportunity offending. Uh, Let's start with the Republicans in terms of how they're talking about it, uh, what they're not talking about, uh, and what that will do to the conversation.
1: Sure. So really what kind of brought Social Security and Medicare into this particular campaign season was that uh, Senator Rick Scott, who chairs the Republican Senate GOP campaign arm, put out a proposal saying that all federal programs should have to be renewed every five years uh, or else, if not, they, they expire. And so uh, that created the possibility that Social Security and, and Medicare, which are uh, permanent, uh, what we call mandatory spending programs that don't need annual authorization, could just suddenly disappear, uh, and Ron Johnson from Wisconsin and some other senators have said, you know, why why every five years? Why not make it every year? Uh, and so they have they have really kind of put this target in saying, you know, let's let's each year debate changes to programs that people plan their lives around years or decades in advance. Uh, and furthermore, they have not said, you know, if they got that reauthorization each year, what are the exact changes they would want to make? So they want to. Uh, they, they want to threaten to blow up the programs if nothing changes, and they won't say what exactly they want those changes to be. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, there are some – now, I, I should say that uh, Mitch McConnell, Senate minority leader, says that if they get the majority, they're not going to do these things. Uh, but there have been talks about using uh, negotiations over the debt limit to uh, to try to force some other unspecified changes, and that carries its own economic risk. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great plan from the
0: Republicans. There. All right, so uh, so so looking at that from the Republicans, and again, I think the biggest part of that is is just what you said in terms of the uncertainty. You just simply can't have someone uh, who's just become a recipient of Social Security or Medicare care that they've been counting on, and suddenly it, it disappears. Uh, I do think some some uh, transparency and some accountability in terms of making sure there's no waste, fraud, and abuse uh, could be part of some calculation. in that I think can be helpful. Uh, you also pointed out in your piece, we'll we'll offend the Democrats now. Uh, looking at uh, really the the proposal that they have put forward, uh, the Social Security uh, twenty one hundred. Uh, tell us about that and what that could or or might do if that's the only plan they've got.
1: Yeah, so the leading uh, proposal in Congress, which uh, I think is about two hundred House Democrats support, uh, is called Social Security twenty one hundred: A Sacred Trust. Uh, and the proposal would. Both increase benefits and uh, increase payroll taxes on high-income individuals. And so, what Democrats are saying is that this this will increase solvency for uh, nine years and allow them to increase benefits. Uh, so, strengthen Social Security without benefit cuts. And it sounds good, but it's heavily dependent on uh, a lot of budget gimmicks, like it. Um, it would increase benefits for anybody who claims benefits within the next five years, uh, but then that benefit increase goes away. Uh, so they use a permanent tax increase to fund a temporary benefit increase, and then even after that, uh, they've only gotten nine years of, of solvency, and so they've they've raised taxes, they've raised benefits, uh, and they've still left a giant problem and no solution for what to do after it at that point. So, if anything, I think uh, the the Secret Trust Act would actually make the problem
0: even worse. Even worse. Oh, okay. So there's there's our two uh, equal opportunity offending moments there. Uh, we do know there are some things out there, uh, the Bipartisan Trust Act, which it would at least create a process uh, for hopefully some real debate uh, about this. Uh, as you look at it moving forward, uh, what are you watching for, Ben? Is there is there a way that the parties can come together? Can a Joe Manchin uh, insert himself into that space? Uh, and lead a different kind of conversation about these programs?
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, Senator Manchin, uh, along with Senator Mitt Romney and uh, a number of other members of the House and Senate, have proposed this Trust Act, which would uh, create a process for uh, weighing reforms that would strengthen solvency for uh, all the federal trust fund-based programs that are, are headed towards similar problems as Social Security and Medicare. I think that's absolutely a great place to start. Um, the reality is that, in order to make any progress on these programs, that that process is just kind of the first step. There needs to be much more serious conversation about what the actual changes will be. Um, you know, I know that uh, Republicans have said, uh, you know, even among the ones who aren't doing this um, this uh, this expiration scheme, uh, there's a lot of talk about waste, fraud, and abuse, and you know, we always want to make our Programs more efficient, but in turn we have to be talking about specifics like: yeah. Are we going to raise the payroll tax rate? Are we going to apply it to more income? Are we going to raise the retirement age? Uh, this is fundamentally a, a mathematical demographic problem, uh, and we have to actually get serious about those those solutions. Yeah,
0: uh, great insight, Ben. It's the director of the Progressive Policy Institute Center for Funding America's Future. Uh, great writing, great reporting, great thinking. We've got to get to a different kind of conversation on this, uh, Ben. Thanks for joining us. There's some a lot to think about in there, and hopefully we offended everybody on that one because neither side really has a plan in terms of how do we deal with this. And this is one that we will either deal with in advance or we will deal with in the midst of a meltdown and a catastrophe that will hurt our seniors and the most vulnerable among us the most. And that's what we can't have. we got to start a different kind of conversation. We'll be right back.